0: Hi everyone thanks for tuning in today and uh, I want to start this episode off by issuing an apology about my Tuesday episode Um, first of all I just wanted to say that you know my wife Bree um, always tells me that she has trouble telling when I'm being sarcastic or trying to joke because I don't do a very good job of it and uh, it was amazing to me on Tuesday and my wife pointed it out that something that i meant to be like a tongue in cheek joke thing was what seemed to have hurt people the most and uh and made people mad um in the notes for my episode i wrote i felt like making my friends and family mad today so i stirred controversy by whatever t- posting the you know talking about why i don't support trump or whatever and I totally meant that as like tongue in cheek, just like joking around because obviously I thought that it was obvious that I wouldn't want to hurt anybody. I would never want to hurt anybody, especially my friends and my family. And it was just like joking because I, I wrote or I recorded that episode and I was like, wow, this is going to make people mad. And so I wrote it like you know, kind of joking like, ha ha, I guess that I felt like making people mad today. Like it was a joke, but nobody took it that way. And my wife pointed out that even she, when she read it, thought I was being serious and that I wanted to make people mad. And I want to apologize for that, that I did not want to make you guys mad. Um, I am so sorry that you took it or that I came off that way. It's my fault because like I said, I'm not very good at, like showing that I'm being sarcastic. So I'm very, very sorry for that. And then also I'm really sorry for any of the content that I said that was perceived as hurtful or that was felt like it was directed specifically at a specific person because it truly wasn't. Um, yes, my family uh, does the things that I was talking about in that episode, but it wasn't directed at them. I was just trying to give my view of what I believe to be a blind spot in a lot of Christians life. Um, maybe I'm wrong, completely possible. Uh, I don't think that I have any extraordinary wisdom that other people don't have or that I'm better than anybody, anything like that. I just see something that I believe is a spot that is causing great harm to the church and um, is a blind spot for a lot of Christians. And so I wanted to try to bring that to light. Um, this is why though I don't usually go into these type of things because now I'm spending this time arguing and I caused fight with my family and all of that and honestly it is a waste of my time to do that because there's so much better things that we can be focused on than support for or not support for different political people. Now that I said all of that I do have a couple of things that I want to ask. Why first of all does this episode that I had make you so mad? I honestly want to know. Um, Is it because of what I said? Is it because of the content? Like, what about it is making people so mad? Because so far, nobody has been able to say that I'm wrong with my with my uh, uh, position. So I think that maybe it's just the way that I approached it. And if that's the case, um, I am very sorry. I did not mean to cause hurt. I just, I, I'm not very sensitive to that type of thing, and sometimes I say things and I come off too strongly or hurtful, and I don't mean to, um, yeah, so I'm going to go off the assumption that most people don't think that there's something wrong with my assessment or my opinion regarding Christians and their support of Donald Trump but if that is the case I just wanted to give you a couple things to think about first of all is why does this make you mad why does that message make you mad what is it that I said that you think is wrong that upsets you Um, I'd like to refer you to the words of of Jesus in Mark Uh, I think it's chapter eight, I believe he's talking to the Pharisees. They uh, give him some flack about the fact that his, his disciples don't wash their hands before eating. And he says to them, um, you know, you hypocrites, you are, you try to look good on the outside, but inside you're dead pretty much. And, the reason that I want to refer you to that is Jesus wasn't, you know, someone who sugarcoated things or beat around the bush when he saw something that he thought was out of line with godly living. And so I tried to use Jesus' example to call out what I believe is out of line with godly living. Now, I'm not God, I'm not an inspired author of the Bible, therefore my opinion is nothing but my opinion, however I believe that I should follow the word or the example of Jesus in it. So, if you disagree with my opinion, just take it with a grain of salt, but I, I just ask you to please listen to it for what it was. For my perspective, right? And think about why I have that perspective. And please share with me the error in my perspective, because I would love to share that on the episode or on future episode, even maybe have a discussion with someone about it so that I can better understand why Christians do support so strongly Donald Trump. Um, and then the second thing is, uh, what would you have done? How would you have felt if I had said those same comments? Let's say that I had had this, uh, podcast back in 2014 or 2015, and I'd made a very similar episode, but about Christians who support Barack Obama. Um, would it have upset you as much? If not, why not? because um both men, Donald Trump and Barack Obama, have very big issues in their presidency, obviously in different ways. Obama's were much more policy based I think that Trump's are much more personality and morality based, but uh As Christians, I believe that we should call out where we see people going against living a godly life, no matter which side of the political aisle they're on. Um, And then the last thing is, is that once again, like I said in that episode, I think that Donald Trump is doing a really good job as president on a a political basis. And I am very, very glad that he got elected instead of Hillary because of a couple issues. One of them is abortion. So one of the people on Facebook that commented about my thing, about my podcast, said that um, Christians are supporting Donald Trump because supporting the other side is supporting infanticide uh you know abortion on demand and now even abortion up to the point of birth in some states and i totally agree with that like i could not support a democrat because of that issue alone even if i agreed with the democrat and they were very let's say a conservative democrat on every other issue somebody who supports abortion in any circumstance is supporting infanticide And so I couldn't support it. I cannot support the murder of infants. And um, for that reason alone, I think Donald Trump's doing a good job because he has appointed judges and stuff that are going to help to get us back to a sane position on life and what the meaning of life is and when life begins and all of that. Um, I was simply saying that I can't, even if I chose to vote for Donald Trump, I wouldn't be, you know, going out and publicly declaring that because I think that it makes Christians look like we are hypocrites by doing that. Does that make sense? Like, I might support him because of his policies and put his name on the ballot and everything, but I think that going out and advertising the fact that I supported him is like me saying, you know, oh, I'm a Christian and I don't believe or, and I believe in, you know, marriage between one man and one woman that goes on for life. And I don't believe in divorce. And I believe that we should, you know, um, only speak what is good for building up and all of that stuff. But then I turn around and support somebody who doesn't even personify any of that. And, um, So, so my point is, is that I don't think there's anything wrong with Christians who chose to support Donald Trump because thank goodness that he got elected instead of Hillary Clinton. Kind of like the lesser of two evils, I guess, but there's a difference between supporting him and choosing to vote for him and like flying the Donald Trump banner publicly before the world as you're saying that I'm also a Christian, right? Um, And that's what I was trying to say in that episode. So this has gone on way too long as an intro. Um, Almost a whole episode length, actually. But I think that it's really important. So, uh, yeah. I just wanted to have that apology and say um, I love you guys. I'm really sorry to my mom, to Aunt Gina, to Uncle Chuck, to my dad, to anybody else that I hurt. Um, for hurting you guys. I I did not want to. I didn't want to make you mad. I just hope that maybe, maybe you might try, you might see what I see or at least a little bit uh, agree with me in that I think that we're doing harm to the gospel when we fly the Donald Trump banner Alongside the Christian banner. I love you. Please, please don't let this affect our relationship. I did not want to affect our relationship. I love you guys. Have a good day. Thank you. Reformed and Evangelical. Confessional and Missional. Welcome to Creeds and Deeds. Hear the word of the Lord from Psalm 119, verses 97 through 104. Mem. Oh, how I love your law! It is my meditation all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn aside from your rules, for you have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our Lord stands forever. (laughs) Westminster Shorter Catechism question 106 what do we pray for in the sixth petition of the Lord's Prayer in the sixth petition which is and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil we pray that God would either keep us from being tempted to sin or support us and deliver us when we are tempted scripture proof John 17 verse 15 I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. All right, thanks for joining me today for Theology Thursday. Today I am looking at Chapter 20 of the Westminster Confession of Faith, which is on Christian freedom and the freedom of conscience. So let's get into it. Paragraph 1. Christ has purchased for believers under the gospel freedom from the guilt of sin, from the condemning wrath of God, and from the curse of the moral law. He has also freed them from the evil world we live in, from enslavement to Satan, and from the dominion of sin, the evil of afflictions, the sting of death, the victory of the grave, and from everlasting damnation. In Christ, believers have free access to God and can obey Him, not out of slavish fear, but with a childlike love and a willing mind. All these freedoms were also held by believers under the law. However, under the New Testament, the liberty of Christians has been enlarged to include freedom from the yoke of the ceremonial law to which the Jewish church was subjected. Christians also have greater boldness in access to the throne of grace and a fuller gift of the spirit of God than believers ordinarily had under the law. All right. So, um, this one, it talks about a lot of stuff in this part, but I really want to focus in on one thing on the fact that Christ has set us free. So when I first became a Christian back in 2010, I really struggled with this. Like, how does Christ set me free when before I could do whatever I wanted, but now I can't. I was like, that doesn't seem like freedom. But as I've become more and more mature in my understanding, what I've realized is, is that Christ has given us true freedom because before you're a Christian, you're in slavery to your sin. You feel people might feel free because they can go and do whatever they want, but they're not. They're slaves because they can not choose to not sin. The devil has enslaved them to the sin and bondage to this world. And then going on from that, when they die, they'll be in eternal damnation. They'll be enslaved to death and to the hellfire for all of eternity. But Christ has set us free, and when He sets us free, He opens our eyes and enables us to actually choose to not sin. so now, when we are when we sin, we're doing it willingly, and we're um, not slaves to it we're going back to our old nature, yes, we still are feeling the effects of that enslavement that we did suffer, but We actually have the ability to choose not to do that now. And that's what true freedom is. True freedom is the fact that you could choose slavery or you could choose sin, I mean, but you now choose not to because you love God. That's true freedom. So Christ has given us the righteous way and then he's freed us to actually be able to choose that righteous way. And then to go further than that, He doesn't just free us and send us out there, but he fills us with his spirit so that because we have that freedom and we can see the righteous way to go, he actually gives us the power to be able to follow it. And that's true freedom, and it's amazing. All right, two, God alone is is Lord of the conscience and has left it free from the doctrines and commandments of men which are in any way contrary or different from his word in manners of faith or worship. And so, believing any such teaching or obeying any such commandments of men for conscience's sake actually betrays true freedom of conscience, requiring implicit or absolute bind obedience also destroys freedom of conscience as well as free use of reason. All right, so this is saying that, When you're a Christian, when you become a Christian, God becomes the Lord of your conscience, and he is the only Lord of your conscience. Therefore, you should never submit yourself to a yoke of slavery because of the traditions of men or because of uh, some sort of weird conscience, right? And so you see this in the cults a lot, where people want to, or where the cults will try to subject people to this law this moral code because of their understanding or whatever and it's uh it is hurtful um actually my wife and i have just been talking about this she was raised in mormonism and uh they don't want their people to they they've, they've placed, they put this law on people that they're not allowed to drink coffee or tea or hot drinks like that um but what's funny is is that you would think, okay, they say that because they don't want their people to drink um, uh, like caffeine because it has a mind-altering effect. But that's not the case because um, they're allowed to drink cold drinks like co- uh, Coca-Cola or uh, whatever, things like that that have ca- uh, caffeine in them. So you're like, okay, maybe it's the heat. They think that there's something wrong with drinking something that's hot would be weird, but maybe that's what it is. But no, that's not it either because they can drink hot chocolate, which is a hot drink. So what is it? So we looked and, uh, on Mormon.org, or I think they changed the name of it. Now, uh, we found a screenshot where it says pretty much they're like, why do Mormons not drink, you know, alcohol or smoke or anything like that? And they're like, well, you know, this has a, uh, health benefit and it's pretty common sense why we don't want our people to do that but we also have in our word of wisdom is what they call it and they call it like their LDS uh, health manual um, that we should not drink coffee or tea and they straight up saying it we don't actually know why but we just trust that God uh, doesn't want us to so we don't do it and um, it's funny to me because it's like they don't even know why and that goes against exactly what this says here is that you know we should be using reason and all of that stuff to uh to deduce like what is the law that we should follow if it goes against the law of God stated in the gospels or in the in the um, Bible I mean, or if it goes against like your um it portrays your freedom of conscience and things that require you know anything that requires like implicit or absolute blind obedience it destroys your freedom of conscience and the free use of reason god wants us to use our conscience he doesn't want us to just blindly follow something but he wants us to use the reason and the conscience that he gave us and that's an example of like where cults and various you know things that are of the tradition of man and not of god want us to just blindly follow something and it's harmful. Three, those who practice any sin or nourish any sinful desire on the pretext of Christian freedom, destroy the whole purpose of Christian freedom, which is that having been rescued out of the hands of our enemies, we might serve the Lord without fear and in holiness and righteousness before him all of our days. All right, so this is just going to uh, what Paul talks about in Romans. It's like, he says, you know, okay, well, if, Christ has set us free then are we free to sin and he says by no means because Christ is not the Lord of sin Christ didn't set you free so that you can go and sin no Christ set you free so that you can go and serve him with uh, without fear and with your full potential in freedom you choose to serve him so people that use Christian freedom as a license to sin Uh, first of all need to check themselves because they're not following Christ secondly there's a good chance that they're not even saved because they are um, they don't understand the gospel they don't understand what Christ has done for them and they're uh, living in sin which means that they aren't being guided by the Holy Spirit And that doesn't mean that you shouldn't ever sin because we all sin every day. The Bible says if even man says they are without sin, then they're a liar and the truth isn't in them. Which means that if you aren't, uh, if you ever say that, oh, I don't have any sin, like you're lying to yourself. But what it means is, is that when you do find sin, you shouldn't be like, well, I'm a Christian, so it's okay. I'm going to keep doing it. No, you should fight against that sin. You should make war on that sin. Like it is war It's not something that you casually fight against. It is as serious as a battle in the greatest war in all of all time. Okay. um, Number four, God intends that the authorities he has ordained on earth and the freedom Christ purchased should not destroy, but mutually uphold and preserve each other. And so, those who oppose any lawful power or the lawful exercise of power, whether civil or ecclesiastical, on the pretext of Christian freedom, are actually resisting God. The support, promotion, and practice of such opposition, which contradicts natural understanding of the known principles of Christianity on matters of faith, worship, and associations, which denies the power of godliness or which disrupts the peace and unity among believers should lawfully be called to account and proceeded against by the church. All right, so this is saying um, we have this Christian freedom, but that does not free us from obeying those that God has instituted in places of power on the earth. So there's groups that don't believe that we should follow the government and that we should um, separate ourselves from the government. We shouldn't have to obey their laws because we should be obeying God only. And then there's a lot of people, especially today, that don't, or that believe they shouldn't submit themselves to the church, um, to leadership in the church and stuff, and or that cause a lot of division by arguing and you know sowing seeds of um, discontent and stuff among the church. And those people on both accounts need to be called out by the church and called to account for their sin because that is sin. Because God has, like it says in other places in the Bible, God has put every authority that's on earth into power for his purpose. Therefore, we need to obey them as long as they aren't going against Christianity, right? Um, So... Uh, Those people who refuse to submit to government and those people who refuse to uh, submit to church eldership and to help build up the believers and the church, uh, you are in sin. And like it says here, you're not just resisting those powers, you're actually resisting God because God is the one who instituted those powers. Now, on the same hand, when you see Christians out there, or sorry, when you see policies or... People or whatever that are out there in positions of power, whether it be in government or the church, who are abusing that power or using it to um, do evil, then as Christians, we do need to oppose those powers because they are doing evil. But at the same time, we still need to submit ourselves to them where we can. Remember, when the Bible was written, it was written to people that were living during the time of the Roman Empire, with kings like Nero, who or emperors like Nero who uh, hated Christians and were killing Christians, burning them, using them as t- lanterns for their for his garden. That's what Nero did, um, and Paul writes that we need to be obeying them and praying for them. So in the same way today. When we see people that are hurtful to Christianity, governments, leaders, even people in the church, we need to uh, submit to them, but we also need to oppose those evil uh, um, policies. All right. uh, I think that's that. And we will see you tomorrow for Faithful Friday. Now, let's go to the Lord in scripture-based meditation, followed by prayer. All right, beginning with a verse for preparation. Ephesians 1:18 and 19. This is Paul talking. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of Jesus' calling for you. What are the riches of the glory of Jesus' inheritance in the saints? And what is the the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? Yes, God, show us the hope of our calling or of your calling on us. Show us the riches of the glory that you have. In your inheritance in us your saints and show us the surpassing greatness of your power toward us who believe in you as our savior and our god a verse for adoration and worship isaiah 6 verses 1 through 4 in the year of king isaiah's death i saw the lord sitting on a throne lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. the temple. Seraphim stood above him, each having six wings. With two he covered with his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth earth is filled with his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds trembled at, him, at the voice of him who called out, while the temple was filling with smoke. God, we come before you to worship you. And with the seraphim and with all the saints throughout all time, we cry out to you, Holy, holy, holy are you, God, the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with your glory, God. God, and we just pray that you will bring us into your temple even right now in prayer, that we can come before you in the throne room, boldly before the throne of grace and worship you and adore you for who you are, God. A verse for confession, Hebrews 7, verse 25. Therefore, he is able also to save forever those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. God, we know that you can save us, God. And we know that your son, Jesus, makes intercession for us forever. He sits at your right hand making intercession for us. So God, we confess now silently our sins to you. And we ask that by the blood of your son, Jesus, that you would cleanse us and that you would forgive us for our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And God, we just pray that your son Jesus' intercession for us would be uh, fulfilling and that it would intercede fully for us so that we can come before you having no righteousness of our own but being washed fully in the righteousness of Christ. Thanksgiving. A quote from Elizabeth Elliot. It is always possible to be thankful for what is given rather than resentful over what is withheld one attitude or the other becomes a way of life god we do thank you for everything that you've given god we also thank you for the things that you've withheld because we know that you are in power and that you are in control and that you know what's best for us and that your will is the perfect will so we thank you for everything that you've given us for all of our blessing And for all the ways that you've withheld it from us, that you've withheld the things that would be detrimental to us and the ways that you've continued to grow us. Supplication, Psalm 31, 9 through 10. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eye is wasted away from grief, my soul and my body also. For my life is spent with sorrow and my years with sighing. My strength has failed because of my iniquity, and my body has wasted away. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hey, everyone. Uh, One last note here. A couple of things, actually. First thing is, is if you remember a couple of weeks ago, I had a uh, Testimony Tuesday. I had a guest on uh, named Josh, and he has his own podcast also called uh let god die podcast he he co-hosts it with his uh friend calvin and um after i was on his after i was on after he was on my podcast uh i had the opportunity to actually get on his podcast and he just posted that uh the i think today so um if you can check it out i will post the link to it down in my show notes And you can also just search for it. It's the let God lowercase g die podcast. And uh, yeah, I hope that you'll check it out and support him like you support me. Thank you. And then secondly, will you leave me a comment on, or I'm sorry, a rating and a review over on the Apple podcasts website? Uh, Also in the show, or yeah, down in the show notes, you'll find the link for that. And Leave me a voicemail right here on the Anchor app where I record this at. You can click the link in the show notes and it will take you right to where you can really easily record a voicemail that I will get. Thanks.